Good evening, John. Barmy now, evening in Sydney. It, it is actually ship watch. I've got to be careful saying that. We do this each week. So let's go through what people can see. Let's kick off with Brisbane. Yeah, look, Brisbane uh, still has uh, you know a lot of ships uh, in town for the summer. Quantum of the Seas is one of them. And during the month of March, uh, Quantum will be in Brisbane tomorrow, but you can do uh, numerous cruises, uh, some up to far north Queensland, some are to the islands, um, and they generally go every Friday. So it's a great chance to get out there at fares that are not too expensive. So if, uh, you know, I've been saying a lot during the summer, uh, you know, you have to book a long time ahead to, to go for those holiday periods. But right now it's easier to get on Quantum of the Seas. Um, Celebrity Edge, we haven't seen uh, Celebrity Edge that often in Brisbane. It's going to be in town on Tuesday. And also uh, Silver Muse, a beautiful luxury ship uh, in Pinkenbar on Thursday next week. All right. And Sydney, what, are we, what can we look at for our ship yeah. spotters? Sydney, it's world cruise season in full swing. Uh, it's incredible. Seven Seas Mariner uh, just uh, came into Sydney today. It's going to be also at White Bay tomorrow. And um, Seven Seas Mariner started her world cruise in uh, Miami, went through the Panama Canal, through places like uh, Guatemala, up to uh, San Francisco. And uh, it seems like yesterday that they started, but that was the first week of January. They're here now. They'll have to reroute. No Red Sea for Seven Seas Mariner, so she'll be going around Africa and take uh, a lot of her people back to Florida. And those inflation numbers we had this week showed one thing that is down is people spending money on travel because it's discretionary spending. So is, is that part of the reason why the Virgin ship with all the hoopla is uh, not going to be staying in Australia because not enough people got on it? You're absolutely right. I, I think, you know, they're, they're citing the Red Sea and the difficulties of, of going through there at the moment as being their main reason for pulling the ship from Australia next year. I don't buy that either. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons why the ship wasn't as full as it could have been. Uh, I think it's the main re- the number one reason is that Virgin, it's a well-known brand in Australia, but as a cruise line, it's not. So, you know, they had to go through the, the process that every cruise line has to go through. People have to go there, try it, see if they like it. Will they book again? Will they come back? And that takes time. That takes commitment. That's why I know we've spoken a lot about Celebrity Edge, but it's a tale of two cruise lines. Celebrity have been coming here for over 15 years now, and they've had a ship here absolutely every year for about the last 12 years. Solstice has been very popular. Edge has been a smash hit. I think that's the real reason. Should the kids have been allowed on? You you couldn't get on any ship in Australia in the month of January because uh, lots of families on board. Virgin didn't allow the, the children on board, the under 18, so maybe they paid the price for that too. Lots of reasons. I'm sure they'll be back, but it won't be next year. All right. Now, the situation, of course, with COVID, we had the Ruby Princess. We had another uh, couple of ships where it was very high profile, where there were outbreaks on the vessels. Has that now led to people almost jumping the gun whenever there's an issue? Because we had this story with the Norwegian Dawn and a cholera outbreak. Uh, What was the story here? Well, you know, as a journalist, you need to, uh, <laughs> to get the word from the horse's mouth. I think the, the, one of the problems here can be that cruise lines are a bit like the royal family, never complain, never explain. So uh, quite often it's difficult to get the information coming through. So I had a look on Tuesday. We were seeing reports from all the usual suspects, the Daily Mail, the London Evening Standard, but some more credible journals like CNBC. And they were, they were saying that the ship was 
drifting aimlessly over the ocean. Well, she was she was almost at anchor just off Mauritius. I mean, she's a couple of miles out. And by the time these reports were seen on the internet, the ship were already being cleared. There were reports that the Mauritians wouldn't let them in, but that was quickly solved. Reports of cholera, but the test came back negative, so it was business as usual. Sure, there were about 12 people who had a sore tummy, um, but that's probably not unusual uh, for a cruise that's just been to Madagascar. And I can tell you, uh, look, I haven't been to Madagascar, but when um, when I used to sail on board the world, we used to see uh, movies on board that were made by the crew and residents. They were very entertaining, some of them. And one of them was called Mission Impossible, trying to buy fresh food and fish at the markets in uh, Madagascar. And uh, I tell you what, if you saw that movie, it was a, it, it's triggering. And, uh, you know, I think if you're going to go ashore in a place like that, odds are you're going to come back on board with a sore tummy, and it wasn't the ship's fault. Right, and there's also some news on, on how ships arrive in Australia. So the west and the north, they arrive at Fremantle or, or Darwin, but Broome might now come into the play. Yeah, this is really important because uh, in Australia, when a ship comes to Australia for the first time, when it arrives in the country, it must call at what we call a declared port. So it's usually a major port can be Sydney, can be Darwin, can be Fremantle, depending on which direction you're coming from. Uh, and, and generally speaking, it, it is a place where you've got people from the customs, or now we call them border force with the customs and quarantine formalities. You know, it's very important for our national security, let's face it. So you've got to have the, uh, the processing done right. If you don't have uh, those authorities in that particular township, uh, you can't have a clearance. So the ship cannot go to a place like Broome at the moment, but they're going to try and equip Broome for these things. And that's great because instead of a ship coming from Singapore or Indonesia and going all the way down to Perth with all those days at sea, I mean, I love days at sea, but, you know, we want people to see Australia. They want to see Australia. This is great for itinerary planning. And this is going to help more ships come to Australia with more itineraries that are the more attractive to the people who are going to be sailing on the ships. It's great news. Um, and and, you know, if you're working for one of those uh, government services, you might get a, a chance to live in Broome for a couple of years and, you know, have a, have a bit of a, a sea change. But uh, yeah. it's good news and we need more of this. A lot of government cooperation with the cruise line to create better experience for all of us uh, when we're going on cruises in Australia. We touched last week on the, the, the number of three, A380s that are now back in the sky, these massive planes. Now, are these being used on short runs as well, are they? Well, there was a big story coming out last week when uh, when that singer was in town, uh, and they said that so many people wanted to get up from Melbourne that they decided to condense a few 737 flights onto a standby A380. Apparently now, you know, we were saying that so many of them are, are back in service now, and they, they keep a spare at certain airports like Melbourne in yeah. case uh, they need to quickly change it over. So uh, it got me thinking, you know, you don't usually see the big bird used on domestic flights, certainly not in Australia. I saw uh, many years ago, um, it's been happening ever since then, that uh, Singapore and Kuala Lumpur were virtually had a shuttle service between the two cities on Malaysian Airlines and Singapore Airlines, big 777s. Mm. Um, you don't see this around the United States much, the biggest biggest air well you, you see you do see triple sevens in america actually because no but no american airlines ever bought an a380 so i'd say you probably see some of it going on in asia probably those korean airlines uh, do a little bit of it but um it's good to see and one time uh, you know i was on a Qantas jumbo coming back from perth and you know the the big planes are a lot quicker than the small ones 
So uh, I came back from Perth. Remember last uh, two years ago, uh, I was I was hoping to, to be on the program later that night when I landed in Perth. But we were five and a half hours in the air. But this time on a jumbo coming back from Perth to Sydney, three hours exactly. We were actually nice. breaking breaking the sound barrier in a way, but that was what we call ground speed, whereas air speed's a bit different. But yeah, it was quick. Perth, Sydney in three hours. Yeah, incredible. All right, as always, terrific to talk to you. Your business is Richard's Travel, and we'll do this again next week. Thank you. Thanks, John. See you then.